Pastor Xavier Reese, foreshadowing the judgment to come. He says, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. She's going to have a baby. You know that it's any time. She said, well, you know, my date is two days away or and it was two days before, whatever. You know that it's, but she doesn't know exactly, but she knows that it's for sure. By the way, a woman's labor pains become closer together and more intense. This is the way the judgments will come. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. I'm sure you have family and friends who respond to your proclamation of the gospel by saying, not now, maybe someday. But as we'll quickly learn from today's study from the book of 1 Thessalonians, salvation is something you don't want to put off. Let's join Pastor Xavier for today's Simple Truths study aptly titled, The Unbeliever and the day of wrath. We want to focus on the tragic character of the day of the Lord that's given to us here in verse 3. But let me set the scenario so we can be sure that we understand what Paul is saying. Paul has just comforted the Thessalonians about their concern over their dead loved ones by telling them that they will not miss out on anything at the coming of the Lord for his church for the mere fact that they are with him and we will meet them in the air. Verse 13 through 18 of chapter 4. Paul now, in verse 1 to 4 of chapter 5, tells the Thessalonians who are alive. He's talked about the dead Thessalonians. Now he focuses on the alive Thessalonians that they need not be concerned about the day of the Lord. For it is appointed for the unbeliever they will miss it due to the fact that they will be snatched up by the Lord. There's a contrast here. You see, the coming for His church is a day of joy. Due to the reuniting of our loved ones in the air, and that we are given to the Lord and we're with Him forevermore. It's joy. The coming of the day of the Lord is a day of judgment of God's wrath. The unbeliever will be caught off guard as when a thief comes in the night, being unaware. But the believer will not be overtaken by the thief. He doesn't need to be concerned of that day. Why? Because he's not appointed to that day. The contrast. Verse 1 of chapter 5. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. You have all the information that you need. When I was with you. Verse 4. But you brethren are not in darkness. So that they should overtake you as a thief. Paul is writing to comfort them. He did that in verse 18 of chapter 4. About their dead loved ones. And then he writes this to comfort them. The end of verse 11. Therefore comfort each other. And edify one another. Just as you are doing. Both are messages of comfort. Your loved ones will miss nothing. You will miss the day of the Lord. Real simple. Now, having said all this, we want to focus our study here in verse 3, which describes to us the tragic day or the character of the day of the Lord will affect the non-believer, not the believer because we will be removed in the rapture. Now, let me read the verse. One short verse. He says this, 
For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. The tragic character of the day of the Lord is characterized by three things. By deceit, by doom, and by damnation. Deceit, doom, and damnation. They're all found in this verse. Let's begin here. The day will be characterized by deceit. Listen to them. For when they say peace and safety, they, the unbeliever, the world. Notice first, and much of our material we're going to be looking at, though our text is here, we're going to be taken from the book of Revelation. So you're going to get a little tour through the book of Revelation. Okay? And you're going to see how this fits. First of all here, the key individual during this period of time will be the false Messiah. We talked about him last week. He will appear as a man of peace, the Antichrist. Daniel 9.27 says he will appear at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation and great tribulation, which goes the last half. And he will confirm the covenant with Israel. Daniel 9.27, seven last years. God will begin his prophetic calendar all over again. Israel will initiate the covenant. The Antichrist will embrace the covenant. They will accept him. He will appear as a man of peace, as we've noted in the past. Coming with a white horse. On the white horse. A bow. No arrow. He conquers through diplomacy. Revelation 6, 2. He will be received in the place of Messiah after the words of Jesus in John 5, 43. I came in my Father's name. You did not receive me. There comes one in his own name. Him you will receive, Antichrist. Daniel 9.20 and 8.23 says that he will be an intellectual genius. Listen. A horn with eyes understanding dark sentences or sinister schemes. This man's going to be a genius. Daniel 9, uh, 7.20 says he will be an orator speaking great things or pompous words. Daniel 11.21 says he will be a political wizard. Listen. Coming impeaceably and seize the kingdom by Intrigue. You know what intrigue means? It means that when he does something, you go, oh, you're, you're just, you're sucked in. Daniel 8, 25, and also Revelation 13, 17 says he will be a commercial giant. Controlling the money and tightening up on losses by a number system. You guys do some shopping on the internet? Your visa card number and everything is floating around out there. <laughs> It makes all the sense to put it on your right hand and your forehead. No one cut your hand off and go by. And if you take your head off, you're done. By the way, that's what the military wants to do now. No more dog tags. But inserted in the body. He will be a military genius, Daniel 8, 24 and Revelation 13, 4 says. Listen. Destroys the mighty... They will say, who is able to make war with him? He will make all past military generals and conquerors seem as little children playing war. He will be a government head as he leads the ten-nation confederacy and they give 
their allegiance to him wholeheartedly. Daniel 7, 7, Revelation 13, 1 and 2, and 17, 17. Now, stop and think of all the characteristics and offices I've given to this point. These are usually occupied by different men. This is occupied by the same man. There's one more. He will be a religious movement as he declares himself to be God and demands all to worship him according to the words of Jesus. Matthew 24, 15. He's the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. Second Thessalonians 2, 4. Paul says he goes into the temple, declares himself to be God. John tells us in Revelation 13, 3 and 14, 15, the same thing. Put all these things into one man. What do you have? The Antichrist. Secondly, the agent will be the false prophet who will appear with the Antichrist. Revelation 13, verse 11 through 18 tells us that. And I'll just run you through these verses. Just as Jesus had a forerunner, John the Baptist, the Antichrist will have a PR man. It's the false prophet. Okay? Now, in verse 11 of chapter 13 of Revelation, he is the second beast coming out of the earth with two horns. Notice the word like. A lamb, but speaks like a lion. He is identified as the first beast and imitates the appearance of a lamb. Falsehood. As the Antichrist imitates Christ. They're both false deceivers. As a lamb, like a lamb. He's not the lamb. He presents himself as the lamb. As one who is docile, one who is, who is gentle, one who is harmless. Verse 12 says he is equal in authority as the first beast and promotes the worship of the Antichrist who survives a deadly head wound from an assassination. In fact, the scriptures tell us that his right eye will be darkened and his right arm will be withered. And the law says, whoa, who can, who can come against him? He, he's even survived this. Verse 13 says that he performs miracles causing fire to come down from heaven. The false prophet does, not the Antichrist. Now, I'm sure he can do it too, but often this is a tribute to the Antichrist. This is the false prophet. He's this PR man. Verse 14 says he deceives the earth dwellers by certain signs and able to coerce people to make an image of the beast. Verse 15, he will be granted power to give life to the image and to kill whoever does not worship the image. Verse 16 through 18, he institutes the mark of the beast for commercial buying and selling, but it will be a sign of association and ownership. You take that mark, you're damned. So if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're here, we don't think we're going to scare the hell out of you into the kingdom. But we want to give you enough information about hell so that you can choose not to go there. That's important, okay? Notice thirdly here. Not only the Antichrist, not only the false prophet, but the channel will be the false church, with, which will be one with the Antichrist. And we get this in Revelation 17. She is identified as a harlot and the great mother of harlots in verse 1 and 2 and 4 and 5. Babylon being the counterfeit of the true church marked by spiritual unfaithfulness. By the way, she has been around for a long, long time. 
A woman is always used as a type for religion in scripture. You remember the kingdom parables in Matthew 13:33, where the woman came and put leaven in the, in the meal? False teaching. Other portions of scripture, the woman is always. Revelations 2.20, Jezebel the woman, religion, opposes God. Always. But she's a mother. She's the source and the reproducer of herself. She's been around for a long time. All the way back from Genesis. She is one, verse 3 through 6, with the beast and the ten nation confederacy. So there is a triad here. Political, religious. She sits on the beast who rules the ten nations, verse 3 says. She is wealthy, brash, and the source of all spiritual fornication and abomination on the earth. The mother of heart, as verse 4 and 5 says. She is equally responsible for the death of the saints and martyrs of Jesus Christ, verse 6 says. So, she has a long history. Verse 7 through 14. She, the beast, and the ten nation confederacy are interpreted and identified clearly as being of one mind to make war with the Lamb. Notice in verse 7, she is the instrument by which the Antichrist rises to world prominence in the ten-nation confederacy. Now, we don't have the ten-nation confederacy as of yet, but they're working towards it. It's called the common market. She sits on seven mountains, verse 9 says. The seven hills of Rome sit on there. It's pretty hard to move the Vatican. She will be destroyed, verse 15 through 18 says, by the Antichrist in the middle of the seven years, for she, he cannot stand competition and also... It is accomplishing and fulfilling God's will and purposes. So the Antichrist will use her until he gets there. Then he devours her. But all that is taking place, do not ever miss this fact. They are only fulfilling what God has predicted. God has set the bounds. They are, God is not up there during that time. Saying, oh, Gabriel, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm out of control. He's in control. They're only fulfilling what he says they can do and not do. This is when he will officiate the against Christ personally. The last three and a half years. The first three instead of Christ. The abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet will be fulfilled. Daniel 12, 11 through 12 um, tells us that it will be 1,290 days. He gives us the countdown from the middle of the tribulation. Jesus affirmed that in Matthew 24, 15. Deception. Look at the amount of deception that is going on in our day today. That is preparing the way for the Antichrist. Beginning with spiritual deception. The New Age movement is a big thing. It has been around for quite a while now. It declares that you can tap into your inner self, you can tap into channelers, you can obtain wisdom and knowledge and direction by crystals and many other things. Well, all along, a person is opening themselves up to demons. The New Age is nothing more than revive Hinduism. Look at the religious movements that are going on right now in terms of ecumenicalism. That wants everybody to come together under the banner of love. Putting aside all doctrinal differences. Let's just love one another. The Pope and the Vatican 
has made it perfectly clear that the Roman Catholic Church is the rallying point for all religions. The Pope is being pressured to embrace Islam as a viable way to heaven, trying to bring about unity to all religions. The movement should not shock us, for this is exactly what the Bible tells us. God gave her time to repent. She did not repent in the message to the church of Thyatira, Revelation 2.21. God sent Luther and many others, and she re- did not repent. She continued on her course. She's still there. The entire climate of our day is tolerance, acceptance. Abstaining from any form of critical judgment regarding right or wrong, moral or immoral, ethical, unethical. You've got to have your PC language down. The American society as well as the rest of the world is being conditioned to be a non-thinking people who will accept anything and everything for the sake of unity and prosperity. People, the American public has been taught for the last 50 years to not think. And we have been good students. The day will be characterized by deceit. The people are being set up. Notice, secondly, that the day will be characterized by doom. He says, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. Now, I don't know if you've ever encountered this, but when you see a young lady and, you know, maybe you see her and you see she's gaining a little weight and you don't want to blow it right, and so you're just talking, you say, oh, well, I'm three months pregnant. You go, oh, great. Now, it's hard to tell then, but when she says three months pregnant, you know that six months afterwards, she's going to have a baby. All right? Six months down the road, you see her again. And you see her walking like that. You don't say, are you pregnant? You say, man, what do you do? Because... You know that it's any time. She said, well, you know, my date is two days away or it was two days before, whatever. You know that it's, but she doesn't know the date. Exactly. But she knows that it, it's there and that's for sure. <laughs> this is the image that he's given us here. It's through the Old Testament, Isaiah and everything else. It's used very much so for God's wrath. By the way, a woman's labor pains become closer together and more intense. This is the way the judgments will come. More repeatedly, closer together, and intensifying. The judgments first come by a period or a series of seven seals in chapter 6 of the book of Revelation. And I'm just going to walk you through them. The manner of the day catches them unaware due to the fact that they did not believe the word. Sudden destruction should come upon them. Verse 1 and 2, as you know, the first seal introduces the false man of peace, the Antichrist. Verse 4, the second seal introduces the horse of war, the red horse. It has given him to take peace from the earth. He promises peace, but the first thing that goes is peace, war. The third seal in verse 5 and 6 introduces the black horse, which is famine. Famine always follows war. The fourth seal in verse 7 and 8 introduces the pale horse death one quarter of the population that's a heck of a lot of people notice the authority was given again God is in control don't miss those given the fifth seal in verse 9 and 11 
introduces the saints slain for God's word. There would be many more. How long, O oh Lord? Just kick back. More to be killed. The sixth seal in verse 12 through 17 introduces the great earthquake, the sun, the moon, the stars, the heavens are affected by God's wrath. It's poured out and they cry out to the mountains, oh, we repent. No, <laughs> they do not repent against the wrath of the Lamb. You see, people say, well, you know, when I get in trouble, then I'll turn. listen, you're going to die the same way you live. People have said that many times about plane crashes. They find the black boxes like people are going to be repenting, calling on God. Listen, they have the black boxes. They're not calling on God. They're cursing them. They're damning them. Why? Because they're dying just like they've lived without God. The seventh seal in verse 1 through 6 of chapter 8 introduces the seventh trumpet judgment. They're being silenced in heaven for a half hour and a censer of fire is cast into the earth. Now, somebody has suggested that there's no woman in heaven because there's a silence in heaven for a half hour. I don't believe that for a minute, but um, um, just a footnote that somebody has said. I don't believe it's scriptural, but um, the last seal introduces the next series, the seven trumpet judgment. Which is in verse 7 of chapter 8 all the way to chapter 9, verse 21. Notice in verse 7 of chapter 8. The first trumpet destroys one-third of the vegetation by hail and fire mingled with blood. The second trumpet, verse 8 and 9, results in one-third of the sun turns into blood. A third of the sea, life dies. A third of the ships are destroyed. The third trumpet in verse 10 and 11 affects the fresh water and the rivers and the springs. They will be poisoned as wormwood and many will die. The fourth trumpet in verse 12 and 13, causes a third of the sun and moon and stars to become darkened. The angel pronounces three woes for the remaining three trumpets, which become progressively more severe. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not on a horse. And woe is always judgment. And in all of it, this is God's wrath, people. This is not the age of grace. He says it over and over again between chapter 6 to chapter 19 of the book of Revelation. The fifth trumpet in chapter 9 verse 1 through 12 introduces satanic and demonic activity as the key to the abyss is given to Satan. The shaft is loosened. These demons come out. Have you noticed the progressiveness that Hollywood is open to movies having to do with demon possession? And spiritualism, the X-File, it's just progressive. It's always been around, but it's more and more. And they play with it. Notice power was given once again to him. In verse 4 through 6 there, they tormented those who were not gods for five months as that of a scorpion unable to die. Horrible. They are as locusts, horse-like, long-haired lions. Who follow Satan, verse 7 through 12 says. We the church are the only thing that's holding back the full force of evil, people. When the church is removed, it's like pulling the plug on a, on a tub. It's gone. Note of the sixth trumpet, verses 13 through 21, releases four angels bound in the Euphrates River. An army of 200 million demons will come upon the scene. It is a spiritual warfare through physical means. Pastor Xavier Reese 
and the reality of the last days. And you can find this program online to hear any portion you may have missed. Just browse for today's date in the radio listings link at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. But there's much more to this lesson next time as well. Now, if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up your own personal copy of this message. And the title to ask for is The Unbeliever and the Day of Wrath. We have them available on CD for only $4. And this is a great way to share this important message with your friends and loved ones. Once again, the title to ask for is The Unbeliever and the Day of Wrath. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This way, we can check on the impact of this ministry in your area. What's the one decision you never want to make? Don't miss the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese to find out. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com